Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu, and I'm joined, as always, by Tom King. Hello. And by Chris Evans. Hello. Hello, and you join us as we stand on the precipice of the run-in. The free races remain. It's free back-to-back. So this is our probably going to be our last preview episode without a race. Well, it is going to be the last yeah. preview race without, yeah. without a race for the season. Of course, we've got Abu Dhabi finishing off on Abu Dhabi, working backwards through, through the races <laughs> that we're going to be having in the next few day, few weeks. We have coming up Bahrain, which we'll be reviewing today. And after that, it's the very fast Bahrain outer circuit, which will, which I'm probably of the three most excited for. I don't know that, about you yeah, guys. It's going to be mad. Yeah, just for the madness of whatever it might bring. <laughs> just for, like for qualifying, we're going to be seeing like 51 second laps, like maybe yeah. even sub 50 second laps, I think. It's wonder how many laps that race is going to be. It's going to be like... It might be oh, triple see. digits. No, I don't, it'd be about eighty, I think. Yeah. Do we know how long the circuit is? Because then you can work it out. Oh God, we're already into quick maths. We've not even. We're literally yeah. like a minute in, and we're doing quick maths already. Well, you you guys do your thing, and I'll do the quick maths in the background, and <laughs> okay. I'll give you an answer in a minute. It's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then it'll be wrong anyway, and someone will shout us as on Twitter. <laughs> well, that's completely throwing me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what were we saying? So yeah, you, you're excited. We're excited for the middle race of the running, the final That's, race. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. But yeah, it's the, the middle one's definitely the one. I I usually enjoy the Bahrain Grand Prix anyway. Abu Dhabi. Uh, mm. is, is, that's, if I to express how I feel about Abu Dhabi in a noise, it would be uh, yeah, <laughs> positive vibes, Chris. Positive <laughs> vibes. Um, I can avoid so, you doing the maths, by the way, Tom, if you want. I have just got in front oh, of the number of laps. It's going to be an 87-lap race. Yes, I was almost right. I said in the 80s. That you were definitely right then. Yeah, I said in the 80s. I wasn't exactly right, but I was I mean, in the region the of being right. Yeah, You're as close as needs to be in this scenario. <laughs> exactly. For a uh, loose, uninformed, rubbish podcast. We, we're doing okay. We're off to a good start. So we, shall we do some news? Let's do some news. What little news there is. What I was about to say, what news? Yeah, so what Aston news? Martin. Aston, Aston Martin uh, to share safety car duties with Mercedes from next season. Um, unconfirmed reports say, and I must stress they're unconfirmed, so don't shout us as if this all turns out to be wrong, internet. <laughs> Unreport, un, unconfirmed reports say that Aston Martin are going to be providing the safety and medical car at 12 of the... T- 23 races next season with Mercedes continuing for the remaining 11. Um, Aston Martin will reportedly get first choice of the races, allowing them to choose ones where they've had a bigger market or want to increase their market presence. Um, It comes after Daimler Group, which owns Mercedes, recently took a 20% shareholding in Aston Martin. And if it's true, it would end a 24-year run of Mercedes safety cars. Aston Martin would likely use a Vantage for the safety car and a DBX for the medical car, which is their luxury SUV. And it uses the same engine as the current Mercedes AMG GT safety car. I like how towards the end of that, we turned into a, an advert for Aston Martin. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, we did a bit. The luxury bit, SUV but, in the range. <laughs> I, I don't mind that. I don't mind advertising Aston Martins. They need a bit of advertising, you know. 
they're, they're not they're not the biggest car brand in the world, Aston Martin. <laughs> then again, um, if you were buying an Aston you know, Martin, would you really be buying a big lollopin SUV version of one? I mean, if you're if you're buying an Aston Correct. Martin, you're probably not listening to this podcast. So, um, <laughs> hey, we we have a, a wide range of uh, of this, is I'm sure. Dear Aston Martin owners who are listening, send Stu a message. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. Send just send send Stuart Aston Martin. <laughs> I mean, that's a little far. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. From a from a GT eighty six to an Aston Martin is probably a bit of about two hundred horsepower jump, probably. It's a, it's um, a bit of a step, yeah. Yeah. So excited! I'm excited about Aston Martins being yeah. safety cars. I think they'll look rad. The GT, the Aston Martin GT cars look brilliant. You know, the Le Mans. Yeah, that's true. Le Mans GT cars look awesome, yeah. and they are Vantage. I think they're current Vantages, aren't they? I think so. You're testing my. I'm not sure what they're running. I'm not sure they're running Le Mans. If I'm totally. That was DB9s for a long time, but they may well have switched. Oh, maybe it is the. It's the new DB. Whatever it is, it's the new Aston Martin. It looks rad. Yeah. Either way, they're very cool cars. This either sounds like it's probably a combination of the two. I think it's obviously Aston Martin are throwing a lot of money at a lot of things right now. Obviously, they're having an F1 team next year. It kind of sounds like more of them just throwing money at growing that brand. Possibly also Mercedes wanting to wind back how much they are spending on Formula One. Like, I doubt Mercedes yeah. are making money yeah. on running safety cars and medical cars. Put it that way. No, but it's good advertising for it's free, basically free advertising. Yeah. Well, it's not free advertising because it costs them money to run the cars. Yeah, but it's it, still valuable advertising. It is. For yeah, them. but then do they need that when they've got? their cars winning most races like how much advertising do you need in one grand prix Mm, well i think like if you can you know if you can go round to your if you can go down the pub and say i drive the formula one safety car Mm. that's pretty you know that's 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 a that's a big flex isn't it welcome to bert mylander's off weekends (laughs) (laughs) i drive the safety car (laughs) but i saw one i saw one just on the road like it's the yellow colored one um, yeah. the, in the in the mustardy yellow sort of yeah. matte paint, which looks sick, and um, you know, I, I, there's nothing I like more than seeing one of those and pointing out, oh, that's the same as the Formula One safety car. <laughs> like I know that straight as soon as I see that car, I know that car, and I'm like, that's really cool. That's a that's a really cool, really fast car. You, yeah. It's not an easy car to miss, is it? It's pretty distinctive. No. They're so cool in the flesh. They're a really really cool car. They're so low yeah. slung. They're just sexy. Sex and, on wheels. And- the sound as well of those things. Yeah, it's yeah. They sound like fire and brimstone, those things. Like, yeah. really, you know, <laughs> chunky, meaty engine sound. I was, good, I for the, to... uh, good for the Americans, actually. I think they sell a lot of uh, those in America. Yeah. You... They're, they're like a meaty V8 sound uh, in America, yeah, don't they? Yeah, good meaty mm-hmm. V8. Or a V12 or a V10. I was about to ask an interesting question, then you making your V8 sound is completely... Uh... <laughs> completely throwing me it's what i do it's my hosting style i like to throw <laughs> people off when they think of things keeps on their toes oh that's yeah. it i i guess the kind of the story under the surface of this is the fact that mercedes and aston martin as companies are getting closer together as time goes on and yeah. the kind of potential future ramifications that could have on f1 given that there's currently or there will be next year a Mercedes team and an Aston Martin team. Like, hmm. as those two brands get closer together, it's going to be harder, a harder and harder sell to the kind of the people making the money decisions um, as to why they 
have two different teams, especially if Mercedes keep increasing their stake in Aston Martin, or Daimler, I should say, increase their stake in Aston Martin. Hmm. Yeah. So Lawrence Stroll owns Aston Martin as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Toto Wolf has a chunk of shares in them as well. I'm not sure how, I don't think it's a colossal amount, but Toto certainly has a finger in that pie. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Lewis Hamilton had a finger in that pie as well. <laughs> wouldn't it be interesting to see Lewis Hamilton and um, Sebastian Vettel both end their careers at the Aston Martin team? That that was the rumours like rumbling around over the summer, wasn't it? That like the reason Toto and Lewis are taking so long over contracts is because they're both eyeing <laughs> up <laughs> jumping ship to Aston Martin. It's never going to happen, That's, but it's yeah. Somehow, I think before next year, it's the, I mean we can dream, but. I don't think that's happening. At least, if it, <laughs> if it did, if it was to happen, it'd be twenty twenty one at the twenty twenty two. Sorry, at the earliest. But it's not going to, is it? But it, it's not even going to happen. So why are no, we even giving I it, doubt it? Why are we giving it the time of day? Why are we even? Why are we even talking about it? I mean, Toto has basically said he's almost definitely sticking around in his current role next year, largely because there's no one ready to take over from him. Um, mm. I mean, Lewis Hamilton is obviously going to sign a new contract sooner or later, so. Yeah, I mean now that now he's got the championship out of the way, then yeah. probably probably next couple of weeks you'll see something come through. I reckon on that front. Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, I reckon but, last time they had to do a contract at the point they actually sat down, it took them eight hours from initially sitting down to getting it all signed. So, oh, well, did they sit there for the whole eight hours? Just like yeah, they weren't allowed to leave other. the room until they like their yeah, hands slowly getting closer to each other until they eventually shake <laughs> over the space of eight hours. <laughs> remember that game? What game was it? Was it Theme Park where? How <laughs> <laughs> do we do this? <laughs> where, like as you did, you do a deal with like either another theme park or like other companies surrounding your theme park. And there was a little like gauge of two hands yeah. that would reach towards each other, and eventually, and they'd sort of jostle backwards, and, well, jostle backwards and forwards, and eventually make contact and shake if you got the deal, or the hand would retract and the deal would be withdrawn. <laughs> Weirdly, um, most sport manager does a similar thing when you're doing like driver negotiations as well. It's not quite as common, it? but it's yeah, similar sort of system. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Can you say it's a slow news week? Oh, you can, can't you? Ten minutes <laughs> in, we're talking about ancient games and weird <laughs> handshake mechanics. Um, let's do the next bit of news. It's the post-season young driver test in Abu Dhabi in a few weeks' time. Um, Ferrari have announced that Robert Schwartzman and Antonio Fuoco will be driving for them in the young driver test. Schwartzman still an outsider for a Haas seat, but the fact that he's driving for Ferrari and not Haas may not bode well for him. Same goes for Callum Eilert, who is going to be driving for Alfa Romeo, despite having a planned FP1 drive for Haas at the Nürburgring before it was rained off. Yes, of course. And then it looks extremely likely that Mick Schumacher will be filling one of the Haas seats in the young driver test ahead uh, of driving for them next year. Um, yeah, I think Schwartzman and... Sh- no, sorry, Mazapan and Schumacher are, um, are a shoe-in at Haas. It seems that way, doesn't away. it? Yeah. Yeah. Which we've we've sort of talked before. It's it's a shame that Mazpin's kind of jumping the queue a little bit there. Um, I think I think Islet's being left out in the cold quite a bit there. Um, I kind I mm. sort of fear that he's going to do this young driver test and then never go anywhere near an F one car ever again. If I'm honest with you, 
Yeah, I mean, I think these days, if you, I don't know, if you're a young F1 driver, if you're if you're an F2 driver or you're an aspiring F1 driver, obviously, a lot all these guys they do want to drive Formula One cars. Of course, they do. That's why they're here. That's why they exist. That's why they're entering Formula Two. But it's not. It's easy from the outside to think, oh, if they don't get an F1 drive, they just disappear into oblivion and they're never seen again. But actually, like, we're quite lucky that we live in a time when there are quite a few viable top tier racing series these days. Like, you've got, uh, you know, Formula E. Yeah, fair enough. It's not they're not as fast as Formula One cars, and they're not as powerful, and they're not as grippy and all that. Like, they're in 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 every way they're less good than a Formula One car in terms of being a race car, but they're still a top tier motorsport and that's a sport that's going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And then you've got world endurance. That's just absolutely amazing cars, not far off being a formula one car and the Indy cars as well are fantastic. So it's not the end of the world if, if he doesn't get a seat, but I guess, yeah, for us, like we would like to see him in a formula one car over the likes of Mazapan. Yeah. Who doesn't maybe seem quite like he's performed as well. Well, he hasn't. On the the numbers speak for themselves. He hasn't performed as well this season as what Callum Isla has. So, yeah, yeah. Make of that what you will. <laughs> yeah, it's there. There is plenty of other places that these drivers could end up, but you do want to see the best talent making the way into F one. And as is often the case, that doesn't seem to be uh, playing out this time, does it? But I mean, Schumacher obviously deserves that spot without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and yeah um, well we've always said like if you win f2 there should be an automatic seat for you in f1 and that's the thing like if he'd finished second third fourth and still got the seat he'd constantly have the thing hanging over him of like oh well he's only in f1 now because of his name but the fact that he's turned up in f2 in his second try won the championship you can't i think that kind of puts the argument to bed doesn't it like yes his name may have got him certain things over the years but winning formula two you don't do that just because of your surname like that takes a lot of winning as a championship it's one of the most competitive single seeds championships full stop so yeah you can't deny that he's earned that seat i think this season has been a quite a competitive season as well it really has yeah really really it's been really really close um i've been i'm working on like a graph thing graph a graph graphic for it for the end of the season and just just making that thing like the lines are so close together as they go up the graph. Like there's not really <laughs> much of a other than Schumacher actually breaking away from it. Like for, for for a lot of the season, it was super super close. So yeah, it is super super competitive. Um, who who else could? I mean, I guess so. We'd like to see Callum Islet do well. I guess Yuki Sonoda is another um, another driver. We yeah. Kind of, I th- need to watch with a bit of anticipation i think there's a very good chance he's going to be on the f1 grid next year as well if he can um, get the points obviously yeah assuming yes and he, to be honest even this year if he falls short there the fia seems to be being a little more lenient with super licenses given that a lot of things have been cancelled this year so even that wouldn't be mm. a guarantee of him not getting it but yeah i mean everything that um helmet marco has said has basically pointed to as long as he's got the points, he's going to be there next year. Yeah. I mean, in terms of Red Bull, I can't see a reason not to do that, I guess. I mean, 
we've said before, maybe a, an extra year in F2 could have benefited him before moving up. But, I mean, Kvyat's been a bit, we've said all season, Kvyat's been a bit like... A bit anonymous. Not, yeah, like, I mean, he's had a couple of good races recently, got to admit, but mm. like uh, Imola, for example, but... I mean that for for that to be the first time he's really stood out all season is leaving it a bit disappointing, like that. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I guess, but I think for Kavir that's a good season, isn't it? Because normally he's standing out for all the <laughs> yeah, wrong reasons. Yeah. Normally he's <laughs> like just True. randomly ploughing into walls in Singapore or, or taking Sebastian people Vettel. out, or, or, or <laughs> ploughing into Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, so to, for him to have a quiet season actually could be considered a relative success for him, but. <laughs> Yeah, too maybe that's why it seems like a quiet season for him because he's not been plowing into things. And <laughs> yeah, other I think cars. when your teammate is winning races as well, you know, yeah, Gasly won in in uh, Italy at Monza, so yeah. you know, like, and and I don't think he's been even close to sniffing a podium, or you know, he's not. He's quite often been outside the points, and yeah, it's probably time for. I mean, it's probably long past time for. <laughs> Yeah, he's be maybe sitting in a Formula E car. <laughs> I think we said probably the best part of a year ago he's going to be using that seat this season to keep it warm until Red Bull have got someone else they want to have in it. And I guess mm. they found their person now, haven't they? Yeah. What does Kvyat yeah. do after Formula One, do you think? Well, he had, he was a Ferrari like sim driver for a year, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he <clears> did <throat> test driving and stuff for them. Well, like so, a YouTuber. um so i can maybe see him just sticking with an f1 team and doing like simulator work possibly um yeah i'm not sure where else i can see him to be honest i mean he might he might end up in like the states or something an indycar team yeah he could could maybe see him at an indycar team that's believable yeah but i don't know if he'd i don't know if he'd have an interest in Formula E because it hasn't he been one of the people that's been slightly outspoken about driving electric engines that before? That sounds familiar. Yeah. I I sort of vaguely remember him and Hulkenberg both being a bit I'm not interested if it's electric mm. kind of vibes at one Then again, Hulkenberg changed his tune on that once he uh <laughs> thought true, it might true. be his best option. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I mean yeah, it's all it's all right saying I don't want to drive this race car until it's the only race car that you've got an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to drive. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see what what happens to Kvyat. Maybe we'll try and follow that one up. If um, we'll keep if an eye on him, lose his seat. Yeah, we'll keep. <laughs> we'll try and keep an eye on him. Try and remember to keep an eye on him. Um, and that's about it for the news this week. There's not a lot going on because it's the end of the season. And and did, did, mean, did either of you guys like spot any any nuggets? Oh, really. on your travels. I'm just proud of making twenty minutes out of it so far. There was, done well. <laughs> there was one thing from a couple of weeks ago I didn't mention that I meant to put in, and that's that W Series is going to be supporting yeah. F1 for eight races next season. Oh, yeah, we never actually got to talk about No, that we never did. I um, think, did we? Which is, I mean, it's obviously great. I mean, to be honest, I was a little worried about W Series even existing, given that what should have been their second season had to be completely cancelled this year. Um, yeah. So the fact that they've sort of kept everything together they're going to be running a full season next year and now that they're actually going to be the support series for f1 at eight races is it's really impressive on the part of the um the organizers of that series yeah it's quite nice the way so i guess like 
all this, um, you know, Formula 2 and F3 sort of mixing up their schedule and having less races, but well, having more races at less events, I think mm. is the is the yeah. way to say it, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Um, although it's, pro- I don't think it is more rounds overall, but y- you get what I'm saying. It's, it's less yeah, less it's, rounds, it's, but more races. Uh, yeah, less rounds, more races, because it's three races per round. Per round, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. it would be more races, yeah. So I guess like this fits in in the gaps that there aren't any F2 or F3 events, or do they cross over? Uh, we don't know exactly which eight it's going to be yet, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Like it's the fact that they're spreading F2 and F3 sort of at separate events, it opens up the kind of weekend calendar for other things to slot in place. And Yeah, because there's nothing to stop them running, you know, W Series alongside the F2 or the F3 because they run F2 and F3 alongside each other for the whole European season, pretty much. Historically, a a lot of the other seasons. Yes, there's there's a very good chance we're still going to see two other series um, sort of supporting F1 events, which is really good. And the Porsches will still be there as well throughout most of it. Yeah, most of the European rounds are normally do, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's still going to be plenty to keep your eyes on at a uh, Formula 1 race yeah. weekend um but it's great like you're gonna that as a result get way more eyes on w series and yeah. the kind of people in f2 and f3 and f1 teams that can you know driver scouting and stuff it's 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 a really positive thing it's really cool to see yeah well it's cool just to be you know to be at the same event to be mingling in that in that paddock exactly yeah like you know, um, you, you, they're going to meet people that they just would never have met if they, if they. You, it, it kind of like justifies W Series existence much more to me. The fact that they are mixing with the F One season mm. now, because yeah. uh, all of its own as a championship. While I'm all for it, if you're not mixing it, if you're not mingling with like the really big, big series like Formula One and Formula Two, then or or even like World Endurance Championship or something like that, then. There's really there's a limit on how how much exposure those drivers are going to get. But yeah. now now this is happening, then it's yeah, it's just excellent news. Like they're going to be able to have meetings, you know, meet meet the big wigs, talk to all the people. They're going to have eyes on them. They're going to be able to see how great the race is, racing is, and maybe even Formula One might take some ideas from the way they run races in terms of reverse grids yeah, and things like that. Mm, yeah. they, they might, the people who need to see it might actually see the way they're experimenting with their race format and, and what great racing it's generating. And it did. I mean, we only got six races in the inaugural season, but it was there were six very entertaining races. I think it's going to um, be like a really good addition to, the, uh, to race weekends. Yeah, um, I'm excited we, for it. I'm super excited for it. We don't know yet if it's going to fall under the pay tv banner or whether it's channel 4 in the uk were broadcasting it last time um that might get a bit tricky given it's on the uh same uh calendar as f1 but yeah that remains to be seen yeah i mean usually it's i mean each series has its own rights so even though formula one is even though formula one formula two and formula three are all owned by formula one management now they still sell the rights differently. So obviously there's the big show, Formula One, and then if you want to, you can buy the rights to F2 and to F3, and you can show all three like Sky do, or 
you can just get the rights to F1 and only show that and not bother with the F2 and F3. Or like, you know, a, a smaller channel might only buy the rights to F2, say like your sort of middling sort of sports channels kind of thing. So I mean, Sky show the, um, the Porsche Super Cup as well. They show yeah. pretty much an entire yeah, weekend of the European series. Mm. So, And of course, if you've got F1 TV, you'll get all of this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a there's there's slowly becoming more reasons to get F1 TV as it starts provided to work. Yeah, provided <laughs> it works. Yeah, that's then. the thing. Most of the things I've ever seen about it is people complaining that it's not working. So <laughs> once those complaints mm. seem to start dying down, then I might consider grabbing yeah. it. <laughs> it's a shame though, because you know, oftentimes on the internet, the things you read, I mean, people the people who it's just working for are never gonna go on Twitter and say this works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always the vocal minority. Yeah, the, the the people who are disgruntled in some way, as we all know, the people who are disgruntled speak the loudest. So, yeah, like I, I don't think of it. I don't, I don't see tweets on the internet and think, oh, I better not get F1 TV or whatever because it's got one bad review or for a, a group of people are saying negative things about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll make my own mind up and from what i've seen it seems to for everyone i know who's got it it seems to work okay but yeah yeah that's um that's by the by um shall we move on to the next thing yes this is a section i've called what's left to race for (laughs) (laughs) can you say it with such can you try that again can we do that again (laughs) no that's the best you get out of me i'm afraid (laughs) it's been a long day for chris (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, obviously the championships are wrapped up now, but there is actually plenty left to race for in the remaining three races. Obviously the biggest one, which we've been talking about all year, is that fight for third in the Constructors. Uh, It's been sort of racing point McLaren-Renault for most of the season, but you could argue Ferrari have dragged themselves just about into that fight at this point as well. Racing point currently in that third position uh, and outscoring their all their rivals currently. I think if you look at the last four races, racing points we now scoring the rest quite handily. But it's kind of only Perez scoring those points. Uh, since Stroll's podium, I think I think he's only scored like two or three points since he got that podium in Italy. So very yeah. much the points coming from one place there. McLaren are then only seven points behind them, but they are probably the only one of these teams that has a consistent pair of drivers scoring points. Renault with another six behind, and again, they are kind of stuck in the only one driver getting points uh, situation. And then Ferrari are still, as I say, an outside chance as they seem to be getting better race on race. Um, at the very least, I think Ferrari are going to be aiming to climb up a place or two ahead of Renault and possibly McLaren. Uh, what do we think? Where, where where do we think these last three races are going to pan so, out So just... Them? So just to sort of do a rundown of the total point scores of those teams to illustrate um, just a little bit more how close it is, um, you've got Racing Point on 154, McLaren on 149, Renault on 136, and then Ferrari on 130. So it is mega close. Yeah. Yeah, very. Technical term, mega close. How is it going to pan out? I don't know. (laughs) 
Great, cool. <laughs> Glad I asked. <laughs> How is it going to pan out? I think I if you had to if I had to hazard a guess, I think I mean Racing Point really ought to snatch it. It's but, theirs to lose, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think it will. I mean, they're ahead. I think if they do lose it, it's going to be the inconsistency that they've had all season, really. And they've, you know, to be fair to them, they have had drivers out of the race. They were docked 15 points, remember, as well, for the yep. brake duct thing at the start of the season. It, I think it would be very unfortunate having recovered, because at one point, I think they were way down in like four, they were quite far down the order at one point as yeah. well. So they've recovered back up to, to that position, up to uh, third third place. It'd be a shame if they didn't get it, but it's a distinct possibility that they might not get it. I think McLaren uh, are still clinging on to it. I don't know whether McLaren can claw their way into third. They seem to be given fading in this last kind of quarter yeah. of the season, don't they? Five mm. points isn't a huge deficit, but I mean, the, the thing that will do it for McLaren, if anything does, is that consistency of generally speaking, both drivers yeah. finishing somewhere in the points. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can tell you, I'll be jumping up and down in, if in Abu Dhabi, McLaren finish constructors in third place. I will be so, yeah. so excited and so hyped I, for them. I think it is going to come down to that, though, with this, where mm. it, we're going to be looking at who's positioned where during the last few laps of that race to work out who's who's getting this third place. I think it is going to be that close, yeah. right down to the wire. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, if if Stroll can pull some results out of the bag, <laughs> get his act together for the next race or two, then I think they're going to be very, very hard to catch. But if the current pattern continues, yeah, it's definitely going to go down to the final race. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, a Renault. Renault seems to be fading a bit as well, don't they? Since um, since those couple of podiums, they seem to have kind of gone backwards a little bit um mm, i don't i think it's difficult I, to assess renault right now they're a bit especially after the race situation we were in last time out is a yeah. very odd true very odd scenario to be in uh, mm. i mean i mean racing point almost won the race yeah <laughs> <laughs> or could, yeah. could have won the race they should have probably should have won the race and did I'd, I'd hope renault are back to where they have been before turkey come this weekend um, it's for them. Their main problem is getting Ocon into the points. Really, I don't think they've got a problem when it comes to Danny Rick. No, it's it's Ocon finishing in decent points yeah. that's costing Renault at the, at the moment. Well, sorry, Ocon's lack of finishing in decent yeah. points. Well, it's it's that that's same costing thing Renault at the minute. It's that same thing we've been saying all season. It's the inconsistency in those teams. You know, Racing Point and Renault yeah. should probably be much, much. They should be clear on paper. They should be clear of McLaren. They've got, they've both got better cars. But they just don't have the strong enough driver pairing to to really compete for those points that make the prizes in the World Constructors Championship. And then, of course, you've got Ferrari, who are, seem to be sneaking up on everyone and getting themselves back mm. in it. I would, you know, by by Abu Dhabi, we might be in a situation where Ferrari are fighting McLaren for third place. <laughs> yeah, it's entirely possible. Could be. Um, Could be. I, mean, I was just looking at the results of this season, like between Stroll and Ocon in the last six races, they've only had three points finishes between the two of them. And they've had like six retirements in that time between them. It's, the, you know, the fact that Racing Point and Renault are 
as high as they are, given that they've basically yeah. got one driver carrying their team a, for most of the season. It's a lot of credit is, to the other drivers. Really it really is, yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's a slight irony in the fact that the last time Esteban Ocon was in the sport, he was referred to as Mr. Ocon Sisters. <laughs> right. And yeah. now he can't get a points finish to save his life. Mm. <laughs> well, he's consistent, or consistently out of the points, isn't he? At the moment? Yeah, <laughs> at the minute. Money on the table, three races left. Who's going to come third? Money, Chris. Money on the table. Um, who? <sighs> my heart says McLaren, but my head. Uh, you know what? It's really hard. It's my head. That's why I'm can't. making you pick. <laughs> I'm putting money on it. <laughs> um, it's hard to say. So, all right, let's let's cycle through bottom to top. So, Ferrari. It's hard because the last race was a real enigma. I don't think that's a true reflection of Ferrari's pace. Ferrari aren't third and fourth fastest cars at, at any of these circuits. I think Ferrari, if anything, are probably going to struggle a little bit more at these these remaining circuits. So I'd say Ferrari are out of the picture for third. If I'm using, if I'm thinking about this more analytically, I, I'd agree with that. Also, semi using my heart a little bit. Um, McLaren, no, sorry, Renault going up to fifth. Renault, they just don't have a strong enough driver pair. I think they are where they are now because that second driver is just not doing the business. And as good as the car is, I think, I don't think it's quite as good maybe as what everyone's making it out to be. I think if it was that good, then Danny Ricciardo would have got more out of it than he has. Yeah. yeah, he's had a couple of podiums and stuff, but consistently he would have he would have got more out of it if it was a better car over a season. Um, I really think it's probably between McLaren and, and Racing Point, and I'm going to go out. I'm going to put I'm going to put it right out there. I'm going to say McLaren are going to be third. I think that I think driving pairing will win out in this midfield battle, and I think the consistent driver, the better driver pairing will win out in the end. I'm just going to stick with what I was saying four months ago, which is Renault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, well, I'm thinking racing points. So for once, we've there we go. Oh, wow. Wow. We're absolutely hung there. I yeah. mean, I, I think my, my chances with Renault are getting slimmer and slimmer each race, but I'm sticking with what I said a long time. You ago, know what though? Like, is, We've all I think just, they're the team in the ascendancy out of the three. We've all just made these predictions, and it is so wide open. Huh? Any one of us could <laughs> be right. I think you know none of us have, none of us have picked Ferrari. I do honestly. I, I part of me would love to see Ferrari come back from from this far well, what, behind. What I'm thinking is for, none of the three of us have picked Ferrari. Therefore, yeah. congratulations on third well, Ferrari fans. Because right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. we've all picked the other four. The other three of the four, so it'd be Congrats, great, Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, it would be it'd be a nice story to for them to start the season in such dire straits, and then to salvage third out of it would be mm-hmm. a very positive story. I think it'd be a good thing for F one as well. But realistically, is that going to happen? I think it's a tall order, isn't it's it? Too much of a reach for them, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah. There's also in the drivers' championship, the race for fourth place is still very much open. 
Uh, I mean, Perez is currently in fourth on 100 points, despite the fact that he missed two races, which in itself is very, very impressive. It's insane. Yeah, it really is. Leclerc and Ricardo are three and four points behind him, respectively. Uh, Sainz, Norris and Albon are still, I would say, outside bets for fourth place. And technically, everyone all the way down to Kvyat in 14th place could still uh, get fourth. But I think realistically, it's probably between Perez, Leclerc and Ricardo. I think, that one. Um you got Sainz, Norris, and Albon are there, what, 25, 26 points behind, which it's not impossible, but probably a three horse race for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Perez, Leclerc, Ricardo, then who are we picking out of those three? I think you've got to say Perez for fourth still. Again, I it's think- that. Based on current form, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's, to... it's hard between him and Ricardo for me because I do feel a little bit like Racing Point were potentially where they were last race because of the circumstances. So, what should in theory be more regular circumstances <laughs> this weekend will maybe paint a paint a better picture of the situation between those two teams. Um, and I think it's really, really close between the two of them. But I think Danny Rick might just edge it. I also think, given that these three remaining circuits are very power dependent, um, that's probably not going to be great for Ferrari and Leclerc. Yeah. Mm. Um, the second Bahrain race, especially, I think Ferrari are not going to have a good time there. No. Yeah. But then you know Renault are in Renault and McLaren are both in the second slowest engine. Yeah, true. Um, so you've got to be looking towards. Then does that bring you know Gasly and Stroll and Ocon? <laughs> no, sorry. Does that bring Albon and does that bring Albon into the picture and maybe potentially Pierre Gasly? Potentially, the at the very least, that could be their taking points off the three that need them more. Um, yeah, yeah. I do still think Perez is going to edge that though. What else is going on? Verstappen could still technically overtake Bottas for second place. Um, I think that largely depends on whether Bottas is going to keep fighting or sort of throwing the towel, throwing the towel a little bit. Now it's all over. Um, he's not tended to do that. Um, no, it's going to be easier for him because Hamilton. I've, I've said this before. Hamilton tends to once he's won a championship. Go off the boil a little bit, and then again, he didn't do that last year, though, did he? I don't think he won the last. I think he won the last race last year, didn't he? He did, yeah. He won two of the last four last year. Was it? Yeah. Come which race he wrapped up the title last year, but the US wasn't it? Yeah, so I think so. He won one of the two after that, but you're right. He does historically tend to ease off a little bit. But um, interesting st- stat watch. Um, if Hamilton wins the remaining three races, he will be the highest ever percentage of wins in a Formula One season. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's a seventeen-race season. And yeah, he would have won. That's a weird, like, Quirk. hard, harder to harder to do, but also easier to do than previous seasons for different reasons. Yeah. As in. Losing a race doesn't cost you as big of a percentage as in previous seasons, but it's more races to win 
in the first place to get to like a landmark of 80, 90% and so on. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's a weird double-edged stat, that, isn't it, I think? Yeah, it's a weird one. So um, if he, the, the highest number of wins in a single season is 13 and Vettel and Schumacher have both achieved that. Um, Schumacher's was an 18 race season and um, Vettel's was in a 19 race season. So if Hamilton gets the 13 wins in a 17 race season, then he's he's got the highest percentage points. Of Interesting. Wins in a oh season. yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. We've got less races this season. Yeah, exactly. Them, 17 races. Yeah. 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 So it won't. It, it would actually be more comparable to earlier seasons. Now I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think this season is probably going to be up there with one of the more comparable seasons of. Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. With, with the, the older days when we were doing, you know, early 2000s, and it was like, you know, eight, 15, 16, 17, 18 races sometimes. Like, the, there were a lot less races, it seemed yeah. like, in those days. And there were more felt like... of the same tracks as well than usual. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a really fun, interesting point, actually. Yeah, we've been to a lot of the same tracks as what we went to in those days. Yeah. Mm. It's almost like the early 2000s called and gave us our Formula 1 back. Kind of, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The last sort of interesting battle as well is Albon and Gasly. They are currently only seven points apart um, in ninth and 10th. Albon on 70, Gasly on 63. It's more of a personal battle, that one. Um, <laughs> I mean, the fact that Gasly's even that close in an Alpha Terry compared to a Red Bull, I think, says a lot on its own. But... Yeah, a little, a little personal duel, I guess, to keep an eye on for the last mm. few races. Um, it sounds like now Red Bull are delaying their decision until the season's over for their second seat, which yeah. isn't great for the drivers involved because anyone's sitting around waiting to see if they get that seat. If they then don't, they're suddenly going to be scrabbling to find something to do next year because they can't spend the next couple of months <laughs> finding a new job mm. if they need it, but... Such is the Red Bull way, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and then a quick look at F2 as well, because F2 is still, I wouldn't say it's wide open, but there's still lots to play for there. Uh, four races left in F2, um, two sprint races and two feature races. Everyone down to ninth still mathematically is in with a chance of being the champion in Formula 2 this season. Uh, well, Schumacher's currently leading by 22 points and he's the clear favourite. But then again, 22 points in Formula 2, He's not, not it's not unheard of for it to swing that way, sort of week yeah. on week, is it? So yeah. definitely really alive. Can. Um Callum Eilers, who led the championship for quite some time, but he's had a pretty ropey run of results. Um which is let's assume I could pull ahead. Then you've got Sonoda in third place, he's forty four points behind, although realistically Sonoda's probably gonna be looking more over his shoulder at uh Lungard, Schwartzman and Mazepin, who can all overtake him. Um, which could potentially drop him out of the fifth place he needs to get a super license. Um, unlikely, I would say, but definitely possible. Uh, but yeah, as we said, like Sonoda, basically, he's just racing for that fifth place, isn't he, at this point? So he gets his uh, Alpha Terry seat next year. Can we see anyone other than Schumacher winning F2? Um, I mean, obviously, he's, the, he's the going to be close, I think. He's going to be close. Um I mean, I think he's had too good of a form, a run of form towards the end of the season. That I think that's his, that's where he's at now. He's 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 the one to beat. Whereas 
in F2, you can sometimes see it swing backwards and forwards a lot. For the last two or three rounds in F2, Schumacher's looked a force mm. and been quite solid. So I think I think it's difficult to look past him at this point. Even it's if sort of consistency on his close. part, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Like, if you look at a lot of those other drivers, like, their results just swing backwards and forwards pretty wildly, whereas he's... Uh, Silverstone, the first Silverstone was the last time Schumacher didn't score some points. If he's even when he's been way off the podium, he's still been getting just yeah. something week in, week out. Yeah. Yeah. Usually decent points as well, to be fair. He's not scored less than five points since yeah. Silverstone. Um and every other time it's been, you know, double digits really, other than Second race race Miguelo and and his and his sort of resurgent race at the second Silverstone. Um I mean that that's also not um like it's not something to be shrugged at either because the thing to remember with F two for those that aren't as familiar with it is the fact that after your first race, um you've got a grid reverse for the for the sprint race. Yeah. So I mean if he's he's winning a race or even finishing on the podium, you finish in Halfway down the pack for the for uh, sorry you starting halfway down the pack for the next race because uh, the top eight are reversed so suddenly a win in race two turn uh, sorry a win in race one turns into like an eighth position start in race two yeah and to be to be winning a race and then coming on the podium <clears throat> the day after is is it's not something you see round after round in F two no. it usually takes a, a a solid weekend from a driver to to be scoring a podium in both yeah. races, really and I think Schumacher's weekend. probably done that like two or three times this season. I I mean he he, did, he definitely did it in Sochi, and I'm, I'm I know he did it in Monza, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's another couple of occasions that he's done it as well mm. because so he's, he's been that solid. He's got a in Monza. He was a twenty-five points for the feature race and a twelve points for the sprint race, which I believe the sprint race is half points. Uh, it's not quite. It's fifteen points for it's a win in less sprint points. Race. It's yeah. less points. It's, it's less yeah, points, okay. but it's not half. Okay, so he must have been second place then in, in the second in the sprint race in Monza, and then in Sochi he was um, he won the feature race in Sochi, and he was he was third place in the sprint race, so a point double podium. Yeah, you got a double podium, yeah. so, and yeah. that—that's it, isn't it? That just shows you the, I guess, the talent he's got. Like to get, well, that, it's very difficult to come by double podiums in F two. Yeah, that—that's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, he's done it. He's done it two or three times, and I think you'd be hard pressed to find another driver that's done that this season. I mean, there might there might be one or two. I'm not saying that there isn't, but you'd be hard pushed to find one. Um, I mean, like. It's what stood out um, about um, Nick DeFries last year. Nick DeFries was one of the only guys to to score a couple of double podiums. So, like his his name stands out, but it it it's just it, the thing with Schumacher for me is it's always a slow start. That's the that's the weird thing about it. That mm. it's always these strong finishes with Schumacher. Um, yeah, it was just as he gets to grips with the car over a season. I think. Yeah, it? I think I think it is the fact that these are like first seasons in a in a formula, aren't they? That he's then having these huge pushes towards the end and and ending up with a title. I mean, he did it in European F three. Mm-hmm. He had a 
not necessarily a ropey start, but like a slow start to form FIA Formula Three, and then the back end of the season, he was untouchable. He he won pretty much everything. Yeah, towards the back end of the year, mm. much to a certain other driver's <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm, I mentioned names. I'm really interested yeah. to see kind of how his skill set transfers to F1 because he mm. is very much a driver of. He's not a spectacular driver is he he's very much a consistent grind out results kind of driver which yeah i think in a car like a Haas, which is where we assume he's going to land he's likely going to serve him well i think um do you, do you not think though that and this is in no disrespect to the man at all he's actually as considered a compliment do you not think that was what his dad was like because other than in the wet Schumacher to me was a guy that got his head down and got the job done. Yeah, he, there was ne- there's never anything necessarily flash about or stand out about a Schumacher drive until he was in the wet and he was just demolishing people. Like it, it was ridiculous. Like like a bit like sort of the the thing that we talked about for Lewis yeah. um, back in Turkey, where he went from being a pit stop down to being a pit stop ahead. Lewis is two thousand and eight in. Um, in Great Silverstone, yeah. um, Mac, Max's drive in Brazil, Brazil, 2017 was it? 2018, it's a couple of seasons ago now. But like drives like that, Schumacher always had those drives in the wet as well, like what those sort of more recent yeah. drives were like. Mm. But other than that, it was just uh, it was much like what Lewis and Seb's been like over the over their recent ten years of taking titles. Of just gonna get my head down, get to the front, and do the job, like. And just be consistent. Nothing flash about it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just raw pace. It's the, it's the yeah. grind, isn't it? You, you can, it's yeah. the grinding out the results. I, I just before we get any further, I just want to clarify that we're, we're definitely aware that Schumacher's done two seasons in Formula Two because it sounded like we were saying once it, it was his first season in Formula Two, but actually it's his second season. Yeah, because because he tends to take a year to get up to speed doesn't he looking back over his career he tends to be we said the same about stroll actually um he tends to have one season finding his feet then the next year he just sort of just gets better and better race on race and i guess one advantage of the name that he has is that i would be very very surprised if he got chucked out of Haas after one season like that's just not gonna happen is it like he's gonna be given the time and the space to improve and i think as long as he's given the support and stuff he needs to to do that, to spend a year, find his feet, and then hit the ground running the next year. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I don't think it's the best Formula 1 car to be finding your feet in. It's not. Given, given the sort of... Mm. I think he's, he's definitely coming into a team that are in need of a bit of... Um, bit of probably a bit of maybe a bit of restructuring or just a bit of a bit of reorganizing in the way they build a formula one car because yeah, it's, yeah. They, the way they run the team because it seems like they've just not really developed at all this season from what i've seen the thing that will stand out for me though is if he can consistently beat his teammate like it's i, I don't think that the car needs to be massively competitive because of performances like of George Russell over a couple of years that you can see that there is talent there because of how handily he beats his teammate. Like when you're in a car like that, I mean, we say it a lot that 
your key rival, the person you've got to beat week in, week out is your teammate. But especially when you're in a car like that, that's struggling at the back to even get anywhere near the points, you've really got to beat your teammate. And generally speaking, we, we, we're impressed with George Russell because he he's capable of getting results out of that car and finishing consistently above his teammate. And I think Mick Schumacher could probably achieve that, I think, even in I the Haas. I think so. And I think and maybe even, even knock on the door of points as well yeah, when, when those opportunities come up. Even if he doesn't, he's got that safety net of having SHU as his um Yeah. As his short form name. Yeah. <laughs> on I think like whoever, you know, he'll be in around in Formula One for a few years, I reckon, even if he doesn't perform that well at Haas, because not only is he uh proving to be a very good driver at the moment, he's obviously got that Schumacher name and with that comes probably quite a lot of sponsorship. So he's a very, very good driver and he's got probably got a fair amount of money behind him. So, you know, who, what team doesn't want that? <laughs> I think well, exactly. I think the problem with what Haas is doing, though, is I'd like to see us, you know, celebrate the fact that he's beating his teammate if that teammate was Kevin Magnussen or Roman Grosjean yeah, or even Hulkenberg. Yeah. But if he's going to be racing against Nikita Mazepin every week, like with the greatest respect to the guy, we know Schumacher can beat Nikita Mazepin because he's done it yeah. for two years in a row exactly. in Formula 2. Yeah. So if he's doing yeah. that in F1 again, I don't think that really tells anybody anything. That, yeah, that's Which true. is a, a real shame, I think. I'd much rather see him going up against a more experienced head, someone, uh, you know, more of a known quantity that we can judge him against. Um, I think him in the alpha alongside Raikkonen would have been a really good pairing, but as mm. we know, that's not not happening anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, I would like to have seen that as well. But mm. um, instead, we get to see them trolling around at the back in a house, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so any more on this F2 shenanigans? No, should we should we move on to to Bahrain? Should we do some Bahrain storylines, yeah. So first storyline yeah. of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Um is it going to rain, Chris has put as the first storyline? <laughs> is it gonna rain, Chris? <laughs> Earlier this week it was looking extremely likely. Now we're down to a twenty five percent chance for qualifying. So um, that's a no then. That's probably seventy five percent chance <laughs> that it'll be dry. Given that we've had 80% chances of rain at various points yeah. this season and still had no rain, I'm not holding it anyway. Yeah. Imagine, though, if after all the promises of rain this season, it was Bahrain where we actually got some. Yeah. I mean, has anyone secretly resurfaced the track in the last two weeks? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. we don't know about. <laughs> oh, don't even... Warm up those rental there. cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next... Moving swiftly on to the next storyline. And will Hamilton take his foot off the gas now the title is wrapped up? We touched on this earlier. Um, I don't think he'll take his foot off the gas but intentionally, but I think you saw the release that he had at the end of um, yeah at the end of the Turkish Grand Prix. That was, I mean, the guy was wailing down the radio. So, well, not wailing down the radio, but he was, you know, you could hear him the outpouring of emotion that he had in the car and. I think that would point towards him maybe the pressure being off and him being maybe a bit more relaxed. And I think 
he's one of the I do think Hamilton's this kind of driver that needs the pressure. I think when the pressure's not on, he he does That's fair step point. off a little bit. Yeah. Um so whether he means to or not, I think it will probably get a little let's say let's just say it'll get a little bit easier for Bottas to win races now. Yeah, that's you agree? fair. I do agree that I think he's the kind of driver that thrives in that pressure, but honestly, the way he's driving this year, I can very yeah. easily see him just cracking on and winning all three of the remaining races. Probably. Yeah. I mean, if if you if he needed some pressure, it would be to break that record, right? To be to get the highest percentage championship of a season, the highest the highest win percentage for a championship in a season of any Formula One driver ever. Would yeah. would just I mean as as though the doubters have got anything left to to cling on to that would surely put the nail in the coffin of anyone doubting him because that's indisputable, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a heck of a stat that one. Yeah, uh, Tom, anything to add to that one? If what you're going to step in? No, I don't. I don't think so. To be honest, because it's it's been said that I mean we yeah. say the same thing week in week out. We about I mean, it's, it's hard. So. It's hard not to when he's dominating <laughs> so much. It's hard not to. Yeah, um, I, I, I think there's something to be said for what you were saying about him sort of thriving under the pressure. I think those duller years for McLaren while he was still there probably show that that he was still in and around the points, the champ, like the championships and picking up wins and stuff, but mm. nowhere near to the same level. The um, grind years. Yeah, and it was because the car wasn't capable of it. Um, so the the pressure, like the pressure, wasn't there because it was kind of fairly well known that it wasn't a championship contending car. Mm. So it, it, it wasn't ever there. Whereas those, it's like those qualifying sessions that we always see. It's Bottas FP one, Bottas FP two, Bottas FP three, Q one, Bottas Q two, Bottas. Q three suddenly Hamilton, yeah. that that one suddenly, moment of pressure. A wild Hamilton appears. Yeah, <laughs> a wild Hamilton appears and knocks like eight tenths off his previous fastest yeah. time. He caught a pole. Um, a I what? thought Pokemon <laughs> reference for you there, guys. <laughs> you enjoy just eat, just gonna let that sit there for a second while you eat that one up. Yeah, um, right on that one. Yeah, num num num. Next twist in the midfield battle. Where where is? I mean, again, we've spoke about this a little bit already this episode, but. It, I, I am excited. Let's 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 sort of break that one down to just this next race. Then, who do you think in the midfield battle in this race is going to come out on top? What kind of track is it? Is it a is it a McLaren track? Is it a Racing Point track? It's the normal layout of um, the Bahrain Grand Prix, not the short layout. I suspect it'll be a Racing Point track. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's a power track, isn't it? Yeah. And it's hot um, as well. I'm sticking with my boy, fifth. <laughs> Some may say too much or misplaced, but I don't care. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> McLaren don't have a bad record at this track, and Lando Norris in particular has always gone pretty well there. So, yeah, I wouldn't completely discount them, but I do think it's going to suit that racing point car. Mm. Yeah, I am going to go... I think I'm. Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards a racing point. Yeah. I, I, okay. I'm pretty sure I just said that twice, but never mind. Um, <laughs> you definitely are now. Okay, so is it time for to do some predictions then? Yeah, I, I want should. you to convert all this into tangible 
predictions. Oh boy, into, some into hard and fast real world stakes. Yeah, some. The time for talk is over. The time data. for action is now. So, so, do you want to take us through predictions, Tom? Yeah, predictions, predictions. Um, we always start with fastest in Q3. So, Chris, who do you think that will be? I did it wrong. Oh, you did. The words, your wordsmithing again. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even mean to. Who was it last year? Oh, it was a Ferrari one too last year in qualifying, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a Charles Leclerc circuit here last year. Yeah, right don't up until his engine felt a bit. Think, mm. Don't think that's going to be the case this week. I'm just going to go for a Hamilton, I think. Mm, just have a Hamilton. A ham for Chris. What about you, Stu? Um, I think it's the sensible thing to do, so I'm going to go Hamilton as well. I'm going to protect that points gap, that, that half point gap that I've uh, hmm. that I've developed. What about you, Tom? What's yours? Um, I think until I see them on track, it's difficult. So I am also playing it safe, staying Hamilton. It does mean that maybe I'll change my mind next week. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for now, I'm staying with Hamilton. Uh, in terms of a win, Stu, what do you think? Hamilton. Nice, easy one. Um, I'm going to be completely boring and also say Hamilton. Same way Stu did. Chris? I love how we sit reference? here and discuss how Hamilton sometimes goes off the boil after he's won a championship. <laughs> then we all go for double Hamilton. Look, it's the safest thing to do when it you're is. making your prediction a week in advance of the event. It is very much the safest thing to do, <laughs> and that's why I'm going double Hamilton as well. I mean, even even when he's not the quickest in practice, or even there or thereabouts exactly. in practice, he's still the fastest in qualifying free and fastest on the day, so... Yeah. Look, unless someone's broken in with a bunch of asphalt, resurface bar in. Yeah. Just the, the, asphalt, the asphalt bandits have been around. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that becomes a thing, just people with trucks of asphalt breaking into Ooh. circuits to resurface <laughs> them? <laughs> um, first DNF, it's my turn to go first. Um, oof, difficult one, in all honesty. Uh, I'm going to go from one of my literal, like, from high to no, low no. kind of scenarios. The question is, who's high to low do you think I'm going to go for? Leclerc. I no. reckon you're going to go Leclerc because he had a really I'm good not. result. Vettel. You've, yes, you're very close. It is going to be Vettel. Oh. It's a high to a low. Doesn't mean I want it to happen, people. <laughs> I've been I've Save been, the hate mail. We've, we've been DNF. podcasting too long, Tom, because I, I, can, I can read you like a book and I can't even see you. <laughs> It, it, <laughs> it was just, it was just getting this picture of a red car, and he was like, "I know it's one of the red ones." Yeah, <laughs> Chris, what about you? What do you think on this one? I'll go for the other red one then. Whoa, Charlie, Lack. Charlie, Charlie Leck, and Stu. What about you? First DNF. Who was the first DNF in the last race? Last race has got nothing. Giovinazzi last race. Um, we need about... to be barely made it to the grid, so. <laughs> and in the in last season, Grand Barring Grand Prix, who was the first? It would have been Vettel, wouldn't it? It was Grosjean. Mm. See that to me seems like a more sort of realistic prospect. But then you know they have been both kind of. Uh, it's really hard this one this week. <laughs> mm. The Hasses tend to just like plod around at the back for a while and then they've, retire, don't they? They're then not yeah, retire, they've, they've yeah. turned into the Williamses, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Latifi's had some shockers. Um, mm-hmm. I might, I might go Latifi actually. Yeah, I think Latifi. Okay, 
I've written it now. <laughs> Number of finishers. Chris. What did we have? Let's see. Last year we had... Well, only one retirement last year. And then last race was just, I mean... <laughs> we didn't even talk about last race. Let's go 18. I think it's going to be a, a higher one. Okay. Uh, um, last um, year we had four DNFs. Oh, did we? I'm looking at the wrong thing then. Yeah, it was Hulkenberg. Oh, yeah, so we did. Yeah, Hulkenberg, Ricardo, Sainz, and Grosjean. It was a bit of a crazy one last year. Didn't wasn't there a two uh, or so, like really high up or something? Or was that the year before? That was year before. Year before, yeah. Um, based on this new information that has come to light, I'm going to go 17. Stu, oh, uh, what have you guys gone? Sorry. I'm going 16. 16. Magic 16. And Chris, can you generate as a random driver, please? Yeah, not many left. Some big names left in there as well. Uh oh. Let's see who we get. Big names like. I've read him this season. Daniel Kvyat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, big names. Big names. No offense, Daniel. But I mean, of the 20 names, (laughs) you're not the biggest. The smaller names. The smaller names. Uh, where's Kvyat gonna finish? Um, I'll, I'll do it. Um, ninth. He was twelfth last year. Hmm. I'm, I'm just going for a plodding home in ninth kind <laughs> of performance from then. It's points. Stu, what about you? You've got ninth. Wow, that's mm. optimistic. I'm gonna go thirteenth. Yeah. I'm thinking fourteenth. Oh, I was going to say there's a there's a nice like bang in the middle prediction nah, for you there, but I had fourteenth in my head, which is why I was so surprised when you went ninth. <laughs> hmm. There we go then. So That's that is it. us done for predictions. Uh, if you'd like to join in, you can head to backofthegrid.com. Even if you've not joined in yet this season, you can still register and get involved because there's a prize for anyone that gets five out of five in a race weekend. It's always worth entering still. Uh, and then there will, of course, be a prize for the person top of the overall standings at the end of the season. Uh, on that note, I will move us on to Inbox. Uh, keep it saying now. But stay, but stay I'll go first this week. Uh, Connor Daly says, do you think Russell will get a point in the last three races? yes my heart says yes my head says no I don't think so either I think I think he's had the the chances for him to get his first points have been there this season and they've not played out for him Mm. and you know what I mean Bahrain circle track thingy Bob yeah that one I think if he does it, that's it. That's 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 where he does it, man. That's going to be that's 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 one chance he's going to get. Where you don't. I did think that, but. I can't see that being a fun place to drive a Williams. Is it? I mean, is it going to be a fun place to drive any car? Well, true. It'll be an interest. I, I don't, let's not be negative on it. I, I think. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. It's, yeah, give, given how the setup's going to be for that track, going around corners, he's going to be an adventure every time. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. It's so. a warm. So, you know, it's probably much more normal conditions there than we've had at any other circuit all season, though, because they've been out of season pretty much every track we've been to. So it's, here, like, 
although it is like out of season, I guess it's it's the opposite end of the season to what it is. So their summer's been and gone, and they're back to the autumn temperature, which is probably similar to the spring temperature. So I think I think it'll be fairly normal situation at Bahrain. I don't think it'll be as bad as what the other races have been in recent recent. Oh races. no, it's just a weird track. <laughs> It's a strange, yeah. tra- it's, an, it's an unusual track, but I'm, I'm all for an unusual track. I quite, in, I've enjoyed all these different. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you guys, you know, you, I don't speak just myself. I know you guys have both really enjoyed the unusual tracks. Will the drivers enjoy the unusual track? <laughs> we'll see. I, I it's going to be fast. could be like flat out. Yeah. It's going to be bloody fast. Yeah. So they do enjoy that. Be- all drivers there must be a fun fast. element to that might definitely. it might even take the fastest ever f1 lap record away from monza potentially mm. yeah it's a possibility with the level of downforce and power these cars got i would not be surprised no not at all especially in the practice sessions when the track's really really warm but yeah. it won't count because it'll be a practice session it has to be in a live race doesn't it, it has to be a race session yeah which yeah yeah uh, Callum Hall says, uh, related to the discussion about driving a wet Istanbul park on the last show, hmm. if you had to drive five <laughs> laps of a circuit in an F1 car with no insurance, <laughs> which one would you pick and why? Uh, um, which of the current grid cars would you take? I mean, I can tell you straight away. Go on. Go I, on. I'd take the Mercedes because they can afford it if I ruin it. And, and it's probably the best car to drive. Yeah, it's well. going to stick to the floor to better than anything yeah, else. It's, it's going to be easier to drive than any other car. And the track, I would say, probably Monza, you know, because it's you really, really fast. Man. It's really, really fast. I think you get the biggest experience of what an F1 car can do at high and speed. Well, you get the sense of speed from it. I, don't, I, I wouldn't say Monza is the best example of what a Formula One car can do, but it's a bloody fast lap. And it's really good fun to drive. I've always enjoyed driving it on on the games. It's probably the circuit I know the best because it's got the yeah. corners. It's probably the easiest. So, yeah, I mean, my boat. I, I can agree with Monza on the same principles that you are. And I think um, Montreal would also be up there for yeah. me for similar reasons. However, I'm thinking about how I'm going to get the most out of this experience and do the least damage. So I'm going to go Paul Ricard because <laughs> I can have like 50,000 different combinations of corners. I can do what I want. I can just straight line it if things go wrong. It's all fine. It's all good. I'm going Paul Ricard. I was, also, I was also going to say Paul Ricard because you have to like go out of your way to crash into something there. Like you could have exactly. the biggest off in the world and you'd still just like cartwheel through like acres of runoff and you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a very good point. For the the actual enjoyable experience answer, I think is probably Silverstone for me, just because it's like the place yeah. I've physically been to more than any other yeah. racetrack, and I know probably better than most of the racetracks. Can I change my track? Go on. No. I want Spa <laughs> instead. I want That's the best. Spa would be cool. You get the Spar most for your money cool. there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When you've once you've binned it and it's cost you a million pounds. <laughs> um, next one. Um, Rayan says, admittedly, Ferrari had a great race last time out. They did indeed. Um, but do you think they can keep the consistency up to actually challenge the three other teams, more so with such power-centred tracks ahead? Um, we we kind of touched on this earlier again, didn't we? I, I don't think they can, but I'd like to see it. 
Yeah, they yeah. are definitely making big improvements. And I think Vettel this week has said like he finally feels like he's actually got some confidence in the car and he's like looking forward to driving it for these last three races, which is at least he's going to maybe leave Ferrari with uh, actually Smart enjoying driving the thing. Yeah, hopefully, which, which would be nice. But yeah, I don't think the track's going to do them any favours. Uh, yeah, too power dependent, I think, for the most part. Especially that loop at Bahrain. <laughs> yeah. Very power power dependent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, finally this cool. week, Grayson says, What is your take on this Rosberg meme about him beating Michael and Lewis in the same car? <laughs> Pardon? I haven't seen I mean, this. Somebody point me towards this. He's, he's right. <laughs> yeah, the, the basic gist is there's all this talk about whether Hamilton or Schumacher are the greatest of all time but let's not forget that Rosberg beat both of them when they were teammates. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It is funny. And yeah. <laughs> I've kind of said before, like, I sorry, I my think... laugh was delayed. <laughs> I do think as time goes on, uh, Rosberg's championship looks more and more impressive. I think a lot of people sort of discounted it as kind of, he got a little bit lucky in that season, but actually to beat Hamilton across the season, even if it was only once. And okay, yes, maybe you did get a little look at retirements and stuff, but to even be in a position to take advantage of that is is super impressive. Yeah, I mean he's um, one of two drivers to beat Exactly. Yeah. Uh, two one of yeah, two drivers to beat Lewis two. Hamilton, um Nico Rosberg and Jensen Button. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the thing uh Carlos Sainz said this week? No, I didn't. What did Carlos yeah, Sainz say? Um, obviously, all anyone's been asked about in the last week is say some things about Lewis Hamilton because <laughs> that's what yeah, gets clicks right standard. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I may be getting the exact context wrong, so don't shoot me down if I get this wrong. But I think Verstappen had said something that kind of was along the lines of, "Yes, it's impressive, but ninety percent of the drivers here could win a championship." would be winning if they were in a Mercedes. And Carlos Sainz said... Ah, that's not true. Well, yeah, well, so Carlos Sainz said, yes, it's true that 90% of drivers on the grid right now, if you put them in Mercedes, they'd be winning races and probably winning championships. But it's also true that there's not many of that that 90% that could beat Hamilton if he was your teammate, regardless. Like, yes, you could put any of those drivers in a Mercedes and they'd win races, but the ones that could actually still beat Hamilton across the season remains a very, very small number. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's fair, I think. Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment and nice to hear from a rival driver as well, I think. Yeah. Why is Verstappen piping up so much lately? I don't know. I, th- I Part of it is just that he, Verstappen is one of those drivers where he says some words, therefore it's a new story. Yeah, yeah. if people asking stupid questions with the microphone under his nose, and basically, yeah, like well, they, they goad him, don't I they? I mean, yeah, yeah, completely. Like, but it's just the nature of what they're asking him and why they're asking him. They, they're at, they're looking for the reaction. Yeah, and with and Verstappen's going to give it to him because he doesn't care. Yeah. In in that scenario, he, he's not bothered if how people like take what he says. He, he he'll say what he feels what my, one of my favorite responses to that comment though was somebody proceeded to list um like to not understand what 10 percent was or whatever 90 percent. <laughs> i was like listing driver like you know that that's more than 10 percent right? <laughs> 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 maths mate maths <laughs> mm, quick maths 
quick maths or slow maths, usually slow maths for us, mm. despite what we call <laughs> yeah, it. True. Um, anyway, I think that rounds us off for this week. So um, if you'd like to submit your predictions, head to the website, um, backofthegrid.com, and you can also get in touch with us there using the contact form. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram just by searching for Back of the Grid these days. We're, we're, we're there. You'll find us. And um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.